Hello and welcome to another episode of the Theo Keeps Talking podcast, where you may laugh or you may learn, available on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. My name is Theo, and the most important question of the day, how are you all doing? Last episode, I addressed the minimum wage debate as a subsection of the wages and class structure conversation, had some fun with that, and I took a week off, and now we're back with some heat. Today is a great one. I have brought on one Mr. Ryan Shadle today. Ryan, say hi to the podcast. Hello, hello. How's it? How, how are we doing? How are we doing? <laughs> today, we'll be talking about a whole lot, so <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to it. Before we get into anything else, I want to extend my condolences to the victims of the targeted shootings in Atlanta earlier this week. The targeted victims were all Asian women continuing the trend of anti-Asian violence stemming back to this time last year. Uh, and I know Ryan has been doing his part, sharing resources and speaking up for members of the Asian community. And I wanted to do my part as well. And Ryan, if you have anything to add. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's it's sad that we uh, were, you know, a part of a of a system that seems to play a lot of favorites. Um, and it's uh, it's it's you know it's not fair and it's it's something that i i know that i want to be on the right part of change you know i want to be on the right part of history i want to be um you know i think our generation specifically is one that isn't going to let this continue um and if it's anybody that is going to put a put a foot down at our it, it is our generation so um you know as you said you know my my deepest condolences to everybody involved and um, you know, this is just something, you know, this more history that we have to live through than, you know, more, more that we have to grow from. So, um, you know, I, I can't stress enough how, how sad it is and how unfortunate it, it, you know, things like this, you know, how, how often they occur. Um, but you know, we, we just gotta, you know, keep moving and, um, and, and keep our, keep our eyes focused ahead on, on what we want to change and what we want to improve because, you know, we have the power to do so. Absolutely. And without a doubt, Ryan has been like a sensational ally to like all communities, all members, all communities, like <laughs> ever since I've met him. So uh, definitely wanted to talk about that before we get into anything else. So for the recommendation section today, Honestly, I took an entire week off the podcast just to tell you that I am listening to the same exact <laughs> songs as the last time. But with one ad, TikTok has gotten me on the greatest song I've ever heard, Chug Jug With You. And it is amazing, right? It's just like, it's a song entirely about Fortnite. And no matter what, it makes me laugh every single time. But other actual songs, uh, Lemon Pepper Freestyle by Drake. Uh, featuring rick ross my man my man drizzy top three charts on the billboard 100 this week top killing three it. spots i mean killing it. i mean who who else who else could do it like that um then got reckless by aaron ray <laughs> slow dancing in the dark by joji and last time featuring Giveon, 
by Giveon featuring Snow Allegra. Shows I've been watching, we got we got some heat coming as well. But first, I've been watching Last Chance U Basketball Edition on Netflix. It's been really, really, really good. Um, but on top of that, the Justice League Zack Snyder cut came out today. And one Netflix documentary I watch like every time it comes out is uh, F1 Formula One Drive to Survive. That comes out tomorrow. The third season comes out tomorrow. So I'll definitely be checking that out. Um, and then Attack on Titan, uh, something Wifey and I have been watching. It got delayed a week because there was an earthquake in Japan. Um, from what I've heard, there's everyone's been okay. So, But just, of course, praying for everyone over there. But Attack on Titan, they're releasing two episodes this weekend. I don't know if I'm ready for the despair I'm going to feel, uh, but the show's really good. Um, Allie and I started a new show. It's called Hori Mia. It's another anime. It's actually just a really cute one. Like, there's no, there's there's not a show in it. There's no violence, really. Uh, it's just about slice of life and being cute. And I'm like, you know what? Sometimes life, you just need to watch something that's wholesome. And that's what we're on these days. And then, of course, Jujutsu Kaisen, no, new episode tomorrow, still fire. Love it to death. And Wifey and I have been watching every Pokemon episode you could think of. <laughs> Amazon Prime has this add-in for like $3 a month. You get access to every Pokemon episode that's ever come out. So we've just been watching them like nonstop when we're like eating or just want something else to watch. We just go through them. And it's been fantastic. So... Now, to introduce our special guest today, he is an incredibly talented, creative, hardworking, driven designer, photographer, and overall complete human being. Ryan Shadle is on the podcast. Welcome, sir. I'm very glad to have you. Oof. Those are some bars. <laughs> Drop some bars. But uh, yeah, no, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I know when you, know, when you reached out and said that you know, this is something that you wanted to have me on. I was super excited because I have listened to episodes in the past. So, um, you know, it is it, it is it's a cool opportunity, and you know, I'm glad to I'm glad to I'm glad to help out. I'm glad to glad to talk with you. I haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah, it's been it's been a minute. Last time last time it was warm outside. That's how we know how long it's right. Been. It was it's summer. Been warm. Yeah. Um. But Ryan, tell just talk to the people about yourself. What do you do? academically professionally go go through your hobbies your recommendations <laughs> all that stuff go for it yeah so uh my name's ryan uh, i'm a graphic designer uh, i'm a senior design student at umbc um and uh yeah i mean i i, I design for the orioles um primarily for social uh you know I'm, I'm i have a focus in content creation so um, you know, I handle photography, uh, you know, anything really. Um, yeah, so in, in my, you know, my, my hobbies, I, I, I design a lot. Um, I watch some TV shows, some movies. I'm usually not much of a TV movie person. Um, if I'm watching anything, it's a lot of things. Uh, it's, a lot of times it's on YouTube um you know as theo mentioned I, I i'm a photographer as well so um you know I, I handle a lot of sports photography when the weather gets nice and when it's safe i like to do a lot of street photography um so yeah i mean 
a lot of it is a lot of my life has revolved around creative um just anything within that demographic and uh yeah i just think that's that's just you know who i am and i just i love it man i love it man that the one of the things about ryan that's just like so interesting to watch is because like i do taxes and ryan's in the creative space so <clears throat> ryan will like do something that's awesome throw it up on the timeline now i'm like man maybe i should try and like get a little <laughs> and i open up like photoshop or like uh like illustrator or something like that and i'm just staring at it like an abyss it's just empty <laughs> and i'm just like you know what maybe i'm gonna go back and excel where i'm comfortable <laughs> you know what i'm saying like, it's, <laughs> no, it's just man. not gonna happen it's tough i will say i mean it's been it's definitely not something that is overnight i mean um, as you mentioned, it is super like, you know, it's, it's daunting, you know, it's, it's, you know, you open up your, your document and, you know, it's, it's blank and you're like, it, there's just, you know, there's a lot to do. There's so many opportunities, there's so many things that you can do within, um, you know, the Adobe suite. So, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's, like I said, it's not overnight. I mean, I've been designing for over a little over two, three years now. So, um, you know, a little bit late to the party, but, um, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun and this, this is what I, I know I'm supposed to do. It's, um, it's something that I know I, I am very passionate about and it's, it's really where I belong. Awesome. So for all my guests <laughs> and which will be, you know, this trend moving forward, I start with like introducing, like, how do I know you? And I can say, cause it's, I mean, it's more true than not technically that you are the first family member that I've had on the podcast. Like obviously uh, Allie's going to be my wife, but you <laughs> are Allie's cousin. So yeah. you ostensibly are my cousin-in-law and that's right. how life is. It's not a surprise. There is no, <laughs> we're going to like, I'm going to marry Allie. We all know this. There's yeah. That's, no, that's, that's been you know, no. <laughs> there's, there's no new information coming from that so ryan i met ryan it was summer or so 2015 uh we went to your house um right. and i i mean obviously when you're like the new one in you're meeting like a bunch of new people all at the same time and it's just like uh who am i who, who am i gonna see once a year who am i gonna see more than once a year who am i never <laughs> yeah. gonna see again right um but i remember like went to your house you have like a basketball court in your backyard and i was thinking oh i fit right in i fit right in all right <laughs> and then here's ryan and i'm like all right we're just like shooting around and like ryan's just not missing and i'm like oh this is a little different i'm not here <laughs> authoritatively asserting my low post five foot ten dominance you know <laughs> like ryan's just shooting and he's not missing and i was like huh what a <laughs> maybe maybe just maybe theo you have your work cut out for you um <laughs> but we've went on like vacations together we've i mean we're in, we're we're like we're all over each other's socials and stuff like that so yeah. uh it was only a matter of time before like i was gonna have you on like you like i made a really quick list like a while ago i was like okay who do i want on and like you're right there so nice nice i was like let's just let's just do it um but do you do you remember like really at all when like i met you like from your perspective um parse yeah i do partially um 
you know, I do remember it was definitely in the summer um, because I remember uh, the family came over and um, that was like, it was a big deal for us because we were like, oh my God, like, um, because I mean, I don't, Allie never had a boyfriend. No. So I was like, oh, this is cool. I was, I was stoked about it because I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like, we're like, we're going to have like, because at the time it was like, um me tyler which is my brother um and Allie, those were really like the only three people in the similar age demographic in our in our uh, family so i was like oh cool you know we'll add we'll add somebody else to the mix which is going to be super fun you know um and you know it's just i don't like i remember playing basketball and i remember sitting by the pool and it was just, I don't know, it just felt like a good fit from the jump, which was, which was nice. It was, it was comfortable. It was like, you know, it, it didn't feel like I had just met you. It was like, okay, this, this is somebody that I feel like I had already met before or that I, that I've known previously. Um, we just, you know, more than just me, you know, you, you gelled really well with everybody in not only my family, but the, the, the whole family in general so you know it was just one of those things where everybody was just like yep this is happening and it it never really felt forced at all which was great that's awesome i i remember uh like in that whirlwind of time like like in that summer right before i went to college like i was basically like on a on like a campaign tour like hey this is this is the new boyfriend Uh, (laughs) and like Miss um, Tracy and like she's driving me everywhere. Miss Mike driving me everywhere, and like Allie's just like you know here's the this person we're going to meet, and I'm getting the same thing every time. It's like hey, <laughs> it's nice to meet you, but if you hurt her, it's like and then insert threat here, and I'm just like okay, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I mean obviously I'm going to do my best, you know. Um, so oh, I was just man. thinking okay, this this will be fine, and then I remember very very vividly, you know, and obviously no one knows this that's listening your dad is quite the person um he's an interesting guy yeah <laughs> and <laughs> i remember like he you know he comes up to me and he's like you know welcome to the family and obviously he's you know jabbing at me and everything but yeah. i remember he like takes me to your garage like where where the corvette is right uh, and that's he's where like, this is going <laughs> and and he's like you see this and i'm like yeah it's it's really nice he goes you know how hard I must have worked for this? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming pretty hard, you know? And he goes, just understand, this is what you're up against. I'm like, am I competing against you? You're related to her. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, you know, like smiling wave boys, you know, just like yeah, right? just nodding <laughs> no, he, and everything. He's he's really hard on. I mean, he does that to to my friends too. It's like, um, even, you know, even my, my regular friends, like, um, he's just he's he's really tough on people and i think it's just because he likes he he just likes his presence known in a way Mm. um (laughs) and like it's just he's just he's just funny man like he um you know here's there's been times like that with my friends where you know like like you said he just takes he takes jabs he he's he's ultimately pretty hard on people that are like new um like new around the crew so to say so um you know the fact that i mean you could even say now like now that the whole like introduction to the family is over you know whenever that ended 
Um, you know, yeah, he still takes his jabs because he always will. He does that to his own kids. So it, it definitely has, I'm sure, lightened up. And, you know, he is a he is a caring guy and he's he's great. <laughs> I was like, well, what a what an intro. And <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, honestly, we're almost like six years past that point. Right, but, like I'm never forgetting any of that because I'm just no, like never. Oh, <laughs> That's what? you can't forget. <laughs> oh my goodness! So I, I have not heard yeah. that before. That is too good because <laughs> it was just, it was good. it was me, uh, Mr. Mike, and and him. Like so, it was this super oh isolated situation because I was still. I mean, I was still you know smoothing over Allie's parents at this point, right? Because um, it only I think it was like July or August. It was like around then. Um, yeah, so I I'm almost positive it was in August because I remember <clears throat> a few days after I had met you, I tore my knee up. My I tore my knee up. That's why I'm remembering this as I am. I think because I remember it had to have been in August. It was either late August or early September because think, yeah. Yeah, I, like, I, I remember I was playing soccer at the time, um, and I remember you guys had come over, that was, you know, a week or so before, and I was all fine, you know, like you said, we were playing basketball, whatever, and then literally, like, a week or so after, I had, you know, I, I, I tore my knee apart at a soccer practice, and... Oh I, I just, I, I know it was the similar time because it was like the beginning. It was like right before my junior year of high school, which would have been the same time, like the same time frame, which is like 2015 going into 2016. So yeah, that's why I'm like, I was initially, I was struggling to remember like, oh, what year was that? Like, I remember it, just not the year. But then I was like, wait a second. It was, it was literally right after, like no more than like two weeks after we had met you that I, I tore my knee apart wow yeah i didn't even know timing that that such I weird I, timing that's crazy i literally yeah. didn't even know that that happened man um, such weird timing so i guess i mean to kind of segue to the first thing like i mean you were you were a hooper you know what i'm saying and it was i mean it was very clear to me but like can you talk like just talk about like playing high school basketball high school sports in general and then AAU, that whole experience and all that. Yeah, so uh, I mean, I played basketball and baseball as a kid, um, and you know, like most kids do, when you get to a certain age, you kind of you you know you kind of either pick the one you're good at, you play all of them, or you just drop from sports in general. Um, so for me, it was, you know, pick the one I really enjoyed and I, and I felt like I was good at, and that was basketball. So, um, you know, I, I started taking that seriously around fourth, fourth grade, fifth grade. Um, and then the fifth grade summer, I believe that's when I, you know, was kind of introduced to out of season, uh, basketball. So, you know, playing in more than just the winter time. So it was like, you know, I, that was when I, 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 you know, I adjusted to AAU, um, you know, and it was like the best thing ever. Cause I was like, you're telling me I get to, you know, I get to play basketball all year with, you know, sometimes I'm on the same team as 
people I like, and then sometimes I'm playing against these people, and it's like you know it was just so competitive, and um, so you know that that took a lot from you know all of middle school, and that was like you know I I, I fell in love with it. I was you know it was just it was just so new at the time, and I was just you know really really infatuated with getting better and and playing and traveling to these places and playing and meeting all these teammates and meeting all these um you know these people I was playing and it was just it was just I was so into it all and um you know that turned into uh you know me taking that into high school um and then you know I played basketball through high school um and yeah I mean it, it wasn't until uh you know like i mentioned when i tore my knee up that was my my junior year um you know it wasn't really until then where i really started to kind of feel a disconnect um because you know freshman and sophomore year i mean freshman year you know end of the season i get i, I got brought up to varsity and then sophomore year we had uh you know a coaching change so that was um you know that was kind of like a step back in a way uh, and then, you know, junior year, I, I tore my knee up and it was kind of like, you know, it, it, I don't, I don't know. I can't really describe it, but it, it was, it was a lot of mental strain. Um, and this is when I kind of realized like, okay, this is, you know, the, the mental game is, is just as important as anything physical related to sports. And um, you know, I was, I, I had an accelerated recovery. I, I mean, they said it was, you know, a, a, a five month recovery period and, you know, I was cleared in, in three and a half months going to PT a bunch and, you know, yes, I got cleared in three and a half, four months, but, you know, I don't, I, I don't think I ever mentally cleared myself. You know, I don't think I ever, um, got past that, that blockade in my head knowing that you know i was healthy but i was I, I always kind of walked with ease i always kind of walked with that idea in my head like there's something you know there was something going on with with your knee you know and you know that that in itself it just made it so much harder to you know put a lot into that into the game that that I grew with and that I, that I loved, um, it just, you know, it just, it, it just turned me away and it, and it sucked. And it was such a, it was such a tough feeling to accept. Um, cause you know, I did combat it in a way, you know, I, I was constantly telling myself like, no, no, you're going to be fine. Like you're going to, you know, it's just an injury. It, 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 it happened to everybody. But, you know, I think once I kind of came to accept the fact that it probably wasn't going to work and I, you know, I, I wasn't going to play at the next level, it was things became a little bit easier because I, I wasn't as worried about it. I wasn't as stressed about it. And, um, you know, there are obviously I still look back and I'm like, you know, I, I wish I could go back and, and instill some things I learned now back then because, you know, I've, I've done so much research on uh, you know, mental health and, and injury recovery. And, um, and it's just like, it's infatuating how much, you know, is out there, uh, when you want to actually look and find it. 
So, you know, obviously I have some regrets because I, I do believe that I could have played at the next level. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say I would have been, you know, a crazy D1 player, but, um, you know, I think I, I did have a chance and, um, you know, it just wasn't, just wasn't, wasn't supposed to happen. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I, to this day, I love basketball. It's my favorite sport to watch. It's my favorite sport to play every now and then, you know, it's just, it's, it'll always have that special place and, you know, I can never get enough of it. So I can, I can never say more positive things about, about that sport. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I, I definitely feel that I never had like an injury to myself. That was that devastating when, like when I was like playing mentally, but when I was younger, I was like really good at football, like regardless of like the fact that I was short, because I've always been short. Uh, <laughs> um, and I remember like I was on this really just elite team. Like I was on a team where I was like 12. I was 12 years old. And of of all the people on our team, seven of them went D1. Ooh. Like like vir- like the colleges the were squad. like Virginia, Northwestern, uh, Utah State. Uh, like just a bunch of schools, right? Like these guys were insane. (laughs) And here I was, right? And I mean, obviously I I could hold my own and everything, but we were getting into like, we were going to a playoff game and our starting quarterback like legitimately (laughs) like broke his knee. And I I couldn't get over it. Like, Like mentally, it just never passed me up because I thought about it because I was playing basketball um, and like, I liked playing other sports and I thought about it. I was like, if I get that hurt, that means I can't play basketball and I can't play whatever other sport. I may not be okay for like another year or so if that right. happens to me. And it's not like you're, you know, a professional athlete where you go to PT and that's all you have to worry about. You just have to worry about recovering. Like you have to walk around on crutches in high school. Like if your <laughs> high school has stairs, you have to yeah. navigate the stairs with your knee being the way it is. You know what I'm saying? So it's not a desirable outcome to be hurt because you have to be a regular human being while hurt instead of being an athlete who gets tended to and massaged out every day being hurt. It's the, it's a completely different lifestyle. Um, And like legitimately from that moment on, I stopped playing football because I just realized like I could, could I have played? Absolutely. Like I know I could have to some extent, um, mm-hmm. I'm yeah, without still, a doubt. Like I'm still genetically an NFL player. Like, like that's just how say I, you're how pops, man. Yeah, you, you're, like, that's, we'll that's get, just it's in your blood, man. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that later. But like, like I know I could have, but also I was just so afraid. And like you know, it, like they say this in a bunch of other sports. Like if you think about getting hurt, you're more likely to get hurt, right? You right. know, and that's like, why just, the mental health thing is so important because it's yeah. like you know you can you know like you mentioned it's like i could be i could be totally fine and i could be two years removed from an injury but if if i'm if that injury is still lingering on my mind you know i'm not gonna i'm not nearly gonna perform the same way it's it's just it's such a i said blockade but it's you know it's something that it's 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 so difficult mentally to get over it that's why i'm like you know, even now when, when athletes get injured, I, I get so, you know, I'm, I'm so accepting of it. It's like, 
you know, when people harp on athletes for being hurt all the time, it's like, you know, to some extent they can't help it. Um, and you know, that's something that I think, you know, when we have these athletes getting hurt often, instead of, you know, these teams just signing them anyway, and then just having them play and, and continue to work and and all that, like, you know, I, I, I think that, yeah, it's great to send them to these team doctors that are often great and, and are top of the line. But, you know, I think they need to go to special, like mental health specialists too. It's, it's, it's a whole different game, like whole different ball game off of the field, off of the court, everything. And, and I mean, I've, I've noticed more of it. Um, but you know, I definitely think that's something that needs to be introduced even more. Cause I don't yeah, think it is. Enough. No doubt. So On onto another sport to it, like to the level that you are now. I th- I th- think I-, I got bit pretty hard by the bug when and I got a, a golf course, the one that I, I yeah, live yeah. next to. Um, so it was you know being around it. It was often four times, you know, being around it all the time and and talk took me about a mice like I should, I need to be, spend some time and I don't play as often as I want to and as I should, um, but it is always fun. Yeah, like for reference, uh, I talk about like on the podcast from time to time how basically in quarantine, I've done like nothing. Like if you were to scale like what you see on like a average 23, almost 24 year olds Instagram (laughs) stories on the weekend, like if you're saying 10 is like no mask, they're still going to college parties. I'm basically a one. Like nothing. <laughs> the answer is nothing. Um, oh, I love it. But yeah, the, I'm, I'm the, masked the, up yeah. getting food. That's all I'm doing, man. Yeah. Like, and <laughs> the only thing I've done that I would say like was quote unquote maskless around other people was golf with you. Um, yeah. Like we went on a trip this past summer, um, or whatever temperature that was. I don't know. Time is weird. Um, it was nice. It was nice outside, but we we. Like we went on a golf trip and it's just it's just so nice. And the thing about golf, like I got into it because like my parents recommended it to me. Um, they said, hey, you're going to want to go into business. You might as well be good at this. Um, 
And I started like my sophomore year of high school and we were really good. Like Allie was on, like Allie was on the team, like right after me Mm -hmm. because we went to the same high school and we were like a really good team. And then like her dad started like being the assistant coach. And then I got like a swing coach too. And like, I was like, like legitimately good at golf. It was crazy. Um, the best okay. I ever was like, no, no doubt in my mind, the best I ever was, was like my senior year because okay. like my, the thing about going to school in Philly is that I went to school in the summer, which is like prime golf time and everything, but all the courses around me were private. So, and like, I live in like a really tiny apartment, so it's hard to like carry your golf clubs around and stuff like yeah. that. Um, so I would only be home where like, there's a course like down the street from my house when it was cold outside. So I barely played much more after I left high school. Like I only, I don't play nearly as much as I ever want to. And like, I remember when I was a senior, like we played in like a a championship match and you only play 10 holes in a championship, but through 10 holes, I shot a 34. Like I was on fire. You're Dyson. I, it was literally the best I've ever played. And <laughs> I was just like, if I keep playing, like I'll be unstoppable. And like, I went to a tournament up in Haverty Grace. Like the course is called Bully Rock. And okay. like I, I played a tournament there like a little bit later. And it was against like actual like adults, like who've been playing longer than I've been alive. Oh, and I was like, oh, duh. <laughs> 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 this is brutal. Like I shot like a, I shot like a 84 six i think solid but like the dude who won shot like a 70 yeah can't do anything about that and i was just like (laughs) and like but he was like he said he was like 37 he was like 35 36 37 years old and he started playing when he was five and i was 18 so what like yeah you were you were fresh (laughs) in it (laughs) (laughs) and i was like this is brutal but it was it was a really nice course and everything but Man, like this stuff like we can talk about that I haven't mentioned before, like at all, is this like golf is the most like beautifully frustrating thing in the world. Right. Like you like, you, like it's like all you in your head. They're like most other sports, like team sports, like someone else can contribute to you playing really well. Or yeah. like someone is actually impeding you from playing well. Like there's someone trying to stop you, right? Golf, it's just you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And of course, like the perfect spot to be in is like when you're out there on the range, you're out there on the course and you miss a shot, but you know why, like, you know why you missed that shot. But there, there's those times where it's like, oh, you think you do everything right on, oh, by the way, there's actually like seven more things wrong. You're not noticing. And yeah. it's just like, you're down, you're, you're down and it's hard to like get yourself out. But yeah, you and, you, a, and you wouldn't yeah. notice it. That's the tough part. It's like, yeah there's like you mentioned there's things that you'll be doing in your swing that you won't know until you set your phone up and then you look at what your swing looks like from behind you in front of you to the side of you it's like there's things that you like your body does uncontrollably that you need to teach your body to not do or to do to a better degree yeah it it, and it's just so wild because it's like oh okay all right so i think in your head i think that i came in a little too inside so let me adjust my grip let me adjust adjust my stance out but but the entire time it was like no you're playing it too far off your front foot or something like that you just you just never know sometimes Mm -hmm. and 
but there's also there's i don't think there's a single greater feeling of like any sport than when you hit a good shot like one oh, good yeah. shot makes all the bad shots so worth it right off Every the face time. it's just it's oh, just yeah. it it's it's more than just seeing it it's like it's like when you feel it it's yeah. like it's a feeling knowing that you've you've you know you've laced the ball and you can see it just traveling down the fair, the fairway it's like oh it's like yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to do that again <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember um like when you and i like when we played like our last hole together like total um there was like that party all the way at the end of the golf course or whatever that was right there was just a bunch of guys yeah there. yeah and it was like and I remember thinking, like, I don't want to hit this too hard because it might hit them. But then I thought about it. I'm not playing well enough to hit them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So it's me and you. The the old heads have gone ahead. They've done what they need to do. So, like, we both are, like, backwards hat, just chilling. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? It does not matter. What shirts, it, shirts are untucked at, like, yeah. old 16. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it does not matter where this ball goes right now. Like, I do not care. Right? And... The, I think one of the hardest yet greatest things about golfing is Mr. Mike, like him playing as well as he plays. It's yeah. like the most motivating yet demoralizing thing in the world. It is. It definitely is. He's too good. It, it's absurd. Like the heart, one of the hardest courses I've ever played, <clears throat> excuse me, like the one of the hardest courses I've played. I remember the first time he said he played it and he said, yeah, it went pretty well. I'm like, so what did you shoot then? And he said, well, the first time I shot a 60 and then the second time I shot a 54. And I was like, uh, what do you what do you mean it went well? What, <laughs> do, you, what do you mean? <laughs> like, I, like there's this one hole. This is course. It's called Turf Valley. It's literally down the street from my high school. OK. And they have a second course. It's called Hialeah. On the fourth hole, it's basically a giant hill. Like you're staring at a hill. And Upward? The, are you up yeah, or down? Up, Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like, like you are shooting. You're you're trying to hit the ball probably like twenty feet above your head. Oh god! Like you're just staring at it, right? And I'm playing like we're playing match play, and a bunch of guys in high school, like at our level, you're probably lucky if you have not played on that course before to hit it over the hill, because the fairway continues at the top of it. I remember, like he he was with us one time. And he and he looks at it. He kind of assesses it, feels it out. You know how he has like the most strangely rhythmic, like, like practice so swing. The walk up is yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's only him. I haven't seen anything like it. I swear. No, it, it's it's beautiful. And I'm just like, I want this, but I can't. <laughs> so he's staring at this hill. He kind of goes, hmm. <laughs> grabs a club. He puts it on the green. On the green. On the hardest hole oh i've God. ever played in my life like and this is at our home course i've I'm not hit this surprised like 21 22 times at this point I've there's not an ounce hole. of me that's surprised and i'm just like why why did <laughs> this happen every single time and, and it's it just it's a lovely benefit that like every time we like you know buddy up in golf that he'll pick me obviously because like i'm going to be his son-in-law so like there's a slight you know like pull there but yeah. I, like uh every time i'm like your dad will play well and you'll play well and i'm just like hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what do i what do i need to do here you know because like, yeah, usually you know, we play crazy. best ball because it's yeah. like usually it's like best ball so it's like you know however you know when we play it's like not a big deal if you don't hit a good shot because you know you're 
your partner will just you know with with at least us it's like we don't have to worry about hitting a bad shot because yeah. our partners won't <laughs> and right. then and then when they do and then we're like uh-oh there is some there is some pressure there <laughs> when when he hits one that is like i mean what uh 18 so par is like 72 so you're shooting approximately 74 times if you're him right so yeah. of the 74 shots he hits on average like only one in seven or eight is off right and and more often than not they're like only 20 yards and in, in it's very rare he's missing yeah. anything. his off is yeah. is most people's good shot just yeah. to clear that up <laughs> and i'm just like <laughs> So, so like he'll be like, "Yo, go Theo, you know, do your thing," and I'm like, "Well, I can do whatever I want." You know, what yes, that's, like, the, that's <laughs> the best feeling is going up after your partner hits a great shot because it's yeah. like I didn't want to be ambitious, but I guess now I have no choice. Right? Like, like you've given me no choice. Exactly. Like what? I mean, what other opportunity is there to hit a ball, no matter how hard you want to hit it? Right? Yes. But when he hits a bad shot, I'm like, oh, Lord. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But golfing, golfing is just it's just such a great time, especially because like you and I have like really good music taste, I would say. So like, yeah, just, no, definitely. We bring the speaker. We're vibing. Right. And it's just, it's just a great time. And it's yeah, and the funny. carts are usually close yeah. too. yeah, yeah. The yeah. carts are usually close. So we're like, whatever, whatever you put on, I'll hear and, and, and vice versa. So it's like. It's it's a good dynamic. It always is. It always right. will be. I'm sure. It's so nice. So I want to get into your, your your yourself, your career, and all that. So like designing, photography, and we can even like lump this in with like your <laughs> first few opportunities that came as a part. Like you were you're part of like UMBC's like uh, athletic program designing, and then you were with Slam Magazine, and now you're with the Orioles. So like all of that, just like how how did all that just start chaining together? Oh man. Um well, I started at like a marketing job. Um it was summer summer going into my junior year of college. And I was, you know, my freshman and sophomore year, I went to a lot of sporting events and it was just a lot of fun. Sophomore year was the year that, you know, UMBC beat Virginia. Um <clears throat> so it was like, you know, umbc sports were fun and and whatnot and then that's you know sophomore year was my first year where i realized like okay i'm gonna be a, you know i want to be a graphic designer um because freshman year i was a computer science student so sophomore year came around and i was like yeah i'm gonna be a graphic designer and then i i, I wasn't that that good yet so i was like you know i you know i, I still want to still i'm still learning i'm still you know picking things up and i didn't think it was pop i didn't think umbc had designers i didn't think they had anything um i was just like yep i like watching the sports so you know summer going into my junior year came around and and i was working at under armor like a retail under armor gig um and there was a marketing job you know it was for a, a marketing de uh, designer and i got it and it was fun it was you know it was definitely good to have because i learned a lot of fundamentals and and foundational elements that i will continue to take with me um but you know then i was like going into my going into my junior year first semester i was like you know i really do belong in sports like marketing was cool but you know there were days where i was like man i don't feel like doing this like 
like what's the point of making something for this company like a flyer that nobody's gonna see like i want things to be seen by everybody like i i love sports i need to be around sports i couldn't i couldn't necessarily make it in sports um for my ability of playing but i you know maybe creative can take me there so you know, I reached out to UMB, I, like I had a mutual connection to UMBC Athletics and he was like, hey, they're looking for a designer. Like, do you, you know, do you, do you want to try and get it? And I was like, yeah, of course, like, please sign me up, you know, uh, reach me out to whoever and, and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go from there. And, you know, long story short, that picked up and I, I was designing and then, um, basketball season came around junior year and I was like you know I'd love to do photography too and then you know my supervisor was like oh you can totally do that like we're always looking for you know for for photos and whatnot and um so I I started picking that up as well started shooting all men's and women's basketball games um you know all of at least the men's players um you know they would recognize me game after game and then they would you know, this is pre COVID. They were like, Hey, like send me my photos, send me my photos. Um, you know, I still talk to a lot of those guys to this day. Um, you know, still some of them are on the team still. And, uh, one of them is playing over in Romania. Um, so, you know, I still, still connect with him every now and then. Um, but yeah, then, um, you know, still with UMBC athletics when the, pandemic started in march uh, and then i remember applying to slam right before the pandemic so it was like january or february i applied because i saw they had put something out on twitter and um you know i, I was like you know this will be the first major thing i i applied to as an intern position and at the time i was supposed to you know the intern was supposed to move up to new york um where hq is in like um by um fifth ave so i was like oh this will be really cool move up move up to new york city you know i didn't hear anything back for three months and i was like ah you know it's it's whatever i'm not really thinking about it much and then i get an email about it uh once the pandemic started um you know like mid-march or like end of march and i was like man like missed an opportunity to move but you know in hindsight i probably wouldn't have been able to pay for you know to live in new york if the internship wasn't paid and that would have been you know very tricky so um yeah no i got the position at slam funny enough i announced it on my birthday um i got the green light to announce it you know a day or so before my birthday but i was like nah i definitely want to i definitely want to bring in bring in my my 20th year with with this and i did and um you know from april mid-April to the end of August, I was making social content, um, you know, designing things. And, you know, at the time, you know, Slam is primarily, it's, it's, it's all basketball. And I mean, we have our outlets, you know, we have gaming, we have, um, you know, all forms of basketball, you know, we have high school, we have men's, women's at every level, we have professional, obviously, and you know, within that collegiate and like I mentioned, high school. So it's like I was designing for all pages, uh, the merchandise page, everything. Um, and it was really cool because it was like a media company. So like 
we didn't play favorites. It was like, you know, hey, we have Kawhi Leonard's birthday is coming up. We need a graphic for him. Or Dame Lillard's birthday is coming up. We need a we need a, a birthday graphic. We need like Candace Parker and um uh oh my gosh, I'm blanking on her name. Deanna Tarasi and 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 all the goats. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like I'm, you know, and it 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 didn't really set like I knew the magnitude of Slam. Like I knew that they had millions and millions of followers, and I was like, you know, this is really cool. And um, I remember the first time I was tasked with a LeBron graphic. Um, it was for Slam Kicks, and it was when they were releasing the LeBron Seven graffiti. And I was at my girlfriend's house, um, and I was like, it, it kind of hit me. I was like, LeBron likes things on Slam's page. And I was like, dude, if he would like this, this, like, this is all I need. Like, this is all the validation I need ever. Like, I don't care about anything if I get a like from LeBron because he's my favorite athlete. So, um, you know, I, I, I start designing, I start making it. A few iterations later, it's, you know, it's put out on Slam Kicks. And <laughs> dude, uh, every every five minutes, I'm refreshing Slam Kicks's page. I'm like, he's gonna like it. He's gonna like it. He's gonna like it. He didn't like, you know, whatever. It was that night. I, I went to bed. I woke up. I checked it, and I saw he liked it. And I was like, oh, this is so dope. Like it was like the it, like I said, it was the it's such a great feeling knowing that everything like the the work I I had put in had reached his level. So um and that was so early. I mean that was probably like May or June or something. Or probably April or May. Um you know and fast forward I'm you know we're doing monthly birthday graphics, you know, um for Arike and um you know Sue Bird, I believe, was one of them. Um, you know, the summertime comes around, then we have Brad Beal's birthday. I make a Brad Beal birthday graphic, and he retweets it um, and reposts it on his Instagram. And then we, you know, we get around to Dame Lillard, and then Dame Lillard retweets it, reposts on his Instagram. Um, you know, Dirk was in there somewhere. Um, Gosh, there's there's so many good ones, and it was like such a cool opportunity to kind of like, because like I mean I mentioned it earlier, basketball is like my first love, so that was everything I could have imagined, and uh, you know it it ended in August just because you know that was like the end of like the internship term, so it wasn't like a bad ending or anything. It was just like, hey, you know we need to get a new intern in, and I was like, that's oh, totally fine. Like that's just how they do it, so. Uh, ended up parting ways there and you know let's see they ended in august and then you know a few weeks later i i get a text from a good buddy of mine will and it's his supervisor with the orioles and he's like you know will texts me and he's like middle of the summer he's like hey apply for the orioles and i was like actually hold on let me think when was this, man? Um, August. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, yeah, that was the right time. Um, so ended with Slam going into my 
senior year of college. Then I get a text from Will and he's like, hey, you should apply for the Orioles. This was when I was still with Slam. And I was like, okay, like I'll do it. He was at he was with the Orioles at the time. And he was like, hey, like and he was one of my good friends. So he was like, hey, you should apply um and see what they say. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, why not? I'll I'll do it. Why not? So then, you know, I get a text from him probably in early September, and he's like, Hey, or no, sorry, this was in August. He texts me and he's like, um, it's a screenshot text from his supervisor, who's now my supervisor. And he and his supervisor said, how would you like to work with Ryan Shadle this fall? And Will sent that to me and I was like freaking out. I was buzzing because I was like, oh, my gosh, like I'm going to be working for a pro team, let alone like my childhood pro team. Like this is like like I grew up on Orioles baseball. So it's like this is the team of teams for me. Um, so. You know, I, I it's funny because the golf trip we went on is when I was interviewing for the Orioles. Um, so end of August is when I it was like the 29th or the 30th is when I took the interview call. Um, and it was <laughs> it was right after our first day. So it was that Friday um, right after our round. I had a zoo, uh, a Zoom call on the phone on the way home to our um, the house that we rented out in that neighborhood that we were in. Um, yeah, I, I took the call in the car and then literally that weekend I had a creative project to do. So on top of playing <laughs> two more rounds of 18, um, there was a creative project due on Monday that I needed to finish that I got tasked with on Friday. So it was basically just like, you know, uh, a graphic or three graphics. It was a social graphic, a website graphic, and then just like a header. And I did it and I eventually heard back and they wanted to bring me on. Um, that one I announced on my sister's birthday, funny enough. Um, so September 23rd, I announced that one. And, um, yeah, something about it, you know, job announcements on on birthdays. I don't know, but if that's the case, then you know, my birthday's coming up here soon. So maybe, uh, maybe there's something else that I don't know about yet. But yeah, no. But uh, I've, I've been with the Orioles now since then. Uh, still creating social content. Um, you know, still doing everything, and you know, excited for the season to start. Uh, you know, opening day we have April first, so coming up it's in you know two weeks just about so i'm excited i'm i'm eager to to create content for the season you know because when i was brought on before it was it you know the off season had just begun so it was it's definitely a lot of angst in a way because i'm like i really want to put out great things i really want to you know we're doing our you know we're making the style guide essentially and we're making our social brand guide that we want to put out and it it's just it's pressure in a way because you know i have high expectations for myself and for the creative team like i i want us to really be put on a on a platform like i want us to be one of the better creative teams in the the mlb so you know i have a lot of a lot of things i want to do i have a lot of goals i want to reach and 
I'm glad to I'm glad to be doing it with a team that means a lot to me. So yeah, I know I, I know I said a lot there, but <clears throat> that was that's pretty much the entire creative journey there. So it's definitely been it's, it's been a lot of fun and you know, I've been applying to a bunch of different places and trying to find my my next you know my next gig that'll be full time and that'll most likely be my my next home so um and more than just a work home you know this will most likely be my next real home so yeah definitely a lot going on here in my last semester of college but you know i just gotta just gotta take it a day at a time that is that is an awesome story like (laughs) It just, like no, <laughs> I had no idea that you. So were many on, layers, man. Like, that you were on that call, like right as we were like golfing and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I swear, we left and I was. I took the call in my dad's car on the way back to the house. Like it was, I was so nervous the entire first day of golfing because I was like, I really have to interview for a dream position, and I have to play golf like that. No, that shouldn't happen on the same day, let alone, like, <laughs> let alone that was the first time I'd played golf in months. So I was like, this already isn't going to be great, a great day of golf, but I also have to do this huge career thing <laughs> right after. <laughs> so, oh man, it was, it was wild. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So unlike some of the, unlike the first two guys I have, this actually isn't your first podcast. Uh I don't know how many it's been, but I do know that I listened to one you were on a little bit ago and you were discussing mental health in the sports industry. Oh um, yeah, that was that was Josh. Shout out yeah. to Josh. He's great. Yeah, so I, I checked that out. I'm like, okay, Ryan, I mean, I already knew I wanted you on, but I'm like, he'll be a great fit. I know this is gonna go well. So they talk about just like that experience and just in general, like mental health as a digital. <laughs> content creator and especially in the sports industry yeah i mean just to sum it up it's you know being creative is hard um just in general you know you could wake up and you you don't feel creative like there's days where you wake up and you're like okay i have i have school i have this i have family things i have real life things that i have to do and then on top of that like I have to be creative. I have to create something that people will like. I have to create something that that speaks for me and my ability to create. Um, so mental health, I mean, I'm just speaking for the creative field because I haven't been introduced to any other fields for the most part. But, you know, mental health in the creative field, is it's just so taxing. Um, it's... I love it. Don't get me wrong. Like I love what I do, as I mentioned, and it's something I know I belong in, but you know, it's, it's tough. And anybody that is aspiring to do anything related to the creative world, you know, you're not alone in it. Every creative goes through it. Everybody goes through it. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely something that, you know, I could sit here and say everything that I do to get through it. And you know, there's things that I don't even have answers for. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to be able to tell somebody what's going to work for them. Um, You know, so me listening to music, you know, instrumentals of songs as opposed to actual songs to kind of like, you know, if I were 
to be on that song? What would I say? What would I do? That kind of gets me going. That kind of picks my, you know, picks my brain apart or, you know, um, you know, I, I spend hours on Pinterest. So seeing inspiration on Pinterest or, um, you know, you mentioned earlier, um, last chance you, I just watched that as well, but like TV shows and, and movies, you know, old TV shows and movies you can kind of watch and get some inspiration from. So it's really just a, uh, an ongoing game of finding inspiration and finding that, that drive to create because the passion, you know, you'll know if that'll always be there. Um, you'll know how passionate you are, but that ability to create, you just, you know, you don't have to necessarily find it every day, but you know, oftentimes you, you are going to be tasked to kind of like channel it when you don't think it's there. So, you know, all in all, I think mental health is important. And I think there are times where people don't speak enough about it. And it is like, obviously, you know, with our generation, it's gotten so much better. Um, the narrative has completely flipped and it's becoming so much more of a topic of discussion and it's becoming so much more important to discuss and prioritize, which is, I can't speak on how important that is. Um, but it's, it's just, you know, it should be valued. Everybody's mental health should be valued. Um, you know, even as people, like we're more than just the jobs we do. We're more than just, you know, the, the things we make, the, you know, actions we perform, we're, we're people, we, we live, we breathe, and we have to go through things. Everybody goes through separate things. So everybody's mental health is important and, and nobody should be shortchanged. No doubt. That was like when I was listening to you, I mean, obviously I, the general average person has more and more, I would say like a, like a connection with their own mental health these days. But when you put it into perspective, especially considering you are creating content publicly, like you yeah. can see that people directly <laughs> like it, like have opinions on your individual output. It's yeah. like, it's crazy. Like I've never had to do that before. Like the most average criticism I get <laughs> is something I hand to like my senior at work. You know what I'm saying? Like I've never had something like that and you do it on a consistent basis uh and social media like comment sections are it's mm, toxic <laughs> they, they toxic. are they are absurd yeah and, and it's it's, it's especially crazy. funny in sports no sorry for cutting you off but no, you're good. it is crazy in sports because a lot of people think and i feel like i have to say this but people comment on teams main socials as if the social media managers are signing cutting trading we are not in charge of that we just engage fans with the team we create content for you for the team we are your link to the team we love the team you love the team don't take it out on us, please. We can't get your player. We can't. I promise you there's nothing. There is not much. I don't want to say nothing, but there isn't much that a videographer, a creative director, that we can't recruit your player. 
So please <laughs> just <laughs> enjoy what we do <laughs> and just watch the sports, please. <laughs> oh, man. What, one of my favorite kind of instances of that is like when someone on Twitter is like they're replaying or they posted like a like a comment from somebody else, like they're a news reporter and they posted the video of the person saying something that's stupid and the person who posted it gets ratioed to death like it's, <laughs> it's like they're getting all the hate and i'm like and they're the one who just literally put the video of the other they didn't deserve that there. you know <laughs> like i remember um the guy who um like like very relevant like the guy like the police chief or whatever was saying about like oh the guy had a bad day but someone else put it up like the police chief didn't put it on his own twitter and like the 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 newscaster who put it on their twitter got absolutely roasted just just yeah. completely cooked and i'm like they didn't do this Dude, they're nobody's just, safe <laughs> like nobody's they're just safe. they're just showing you what someone else said and they're getting torched yeah. uh but I, that that's just so funny, especially like Instagram comment sections. Oh my god! <laughs> Instagram worse than Twitter. Yeah, because no Instagram doubt. comment sections you can't like search for. You can't like, you can't go through an Instagram comment section and like search for something. It things get lost in Instagram comment sections. When you say something on Twitter, when you when you like retweet something, like it's out there, and like you know, an an instance of this is like the the page freezing cold takes. Um, yeah they're i love them for what they are and for anybody that doesn't know they basically just retweet things that were said in the past that in sport sports related things um that were totally wrong at the time well were totally subjective at the time but turned out very bad or turned out wrong um and they kind of just like bring this humorous aspect to like yeah, not everybody is right all the time or, you know, not everything works out as it should. So that's yeah. kind of an instance of that where Twitter is definitely more of a, it isn't quite as safe as Instagram is in regards to trolls and whatnot. Absolutely. Um, so I wanted to get into another thing, like just something we have in common. Um, you and I are both Cowboys fans. Um, yeah, we do we do share that don't we we, we do we share and, that burden don't we uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and i i want to know from your perspective before i get into mine why are you yourself someone who's young and free to make <laughs> life's decisions why are you a cowboys fan <laughs> oh my god it sounds so bad because it sounds like i made like a terrible life decision it sounds <laughs> like i just signed myself up for failure from the jump um yeah, it's my dad. My dad is a um, my dad was a Cowboys fan since he was, I don't know, probably like four or five. Um, and growing up, I was always in a Cowboys jersey. I was always watching Sports Center and watching Cowboys games, watching football in general. So, you know, by the time he had picked up the Cowboys, the Ravens didn't exist. Um, so, you know. And I think he's, I think he picked him up just because he liked the helmet or something. Um, he liked the star on the helmet or something simple like that. And he had kind of passed the torch on to me. And, um, you know, growing up when I was young, when I, when I really got into it, that was, you know, the, 
changing of the guard from like Drew Bledsoe to Tony Romo. Um, so Tony Romo was like the first cowboy I ever like fell in love with. Um, so it was like, you know, Romo and it was like young Jason Witten. Um, and it was like Miles Austin and uh like Marion Barber and oh my gosh, who else? Like Patrick Creighton and uh, Roy Williams and all of all of these, you know, guys that people probably have no idea who I'm talking about, but you I know you will. Um <laughs> But it's like, you know, that is kind of where it started. And I just kind of like <laughs> fell into the trap. And, uh, you know, here I am many, many years later, still cheering with the same enthusiasm as I once did. You know, you know, some things never change, I guess, when it comes to uh, playoff success. But, you know, it is what it is. This is this is what we. <laughs> this is what was brought on to us. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm not trying to start anything because, you know, you're, you have your own you know, family and all that. But um, <laughs> I'm just going to put this out there. The reason why your dad's a Cowboys fan is from what I've heard is not what you told me. Really? Yeah. Um, it was either Nana or Miss Tracy who okay. said... The reason why your dad is a Cowboys fan oh, I think is, I know because, where this is, going. is because of the cheerleaders. I had a feeling that's where that was going. <laughs> and I mean, they told me that a little bit ago. Like it was it was more recently than not. Okay. Uh, but like when I heard that, I was like, huh. I'm gonna have to get down to the bottom of this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what a what a holistic reason. Uh, <laughs> Unreal. But for me, yeah, so Ryan had mentioned it earlier. My dad played for the Cowboys for one year. And when I mean one year, I mean not like in a – he did not get a snap in an <laughs> official regular season game. There's no stats attributed to him, but he was there. Um, He's there in spirit. He was there, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, and, I mean, it just is what it is. He played like for one year in the 80s. <laughs> So like in between the two really good decades that they had. But yeah. the hard part is like when I came in, like, I mean, when I was born was 97 and the last time they won a Super Bowl was 96. And it's just been despair ever since then. Yeah. Um, like we have to celebrate contracts. That's how yeah. that's how far it's gone. Right. Like legitimately, um, the last time they even made the NFC Conference Championship was 96 and there i was in 97 so here i here i am um and honestly like it wasn't as bad like it didn't feel as bad being a cowboys fan until i started going to school in philly that's Ooh. when that's when it, it was really dawning on me like how miserable i was because, <laughs> because they were miserable but they had so much fun being miserable you know well, and I mean? they had a time in the like mid two thousands where they yeah. were it because that's when they had To and Donovan McNabb and yeah. Brian Westbrook. Like they were legit, right? And like it was okay, it was all fun and games until they won the Super Bowl, and it's been over ever since, dude. That was that was a dark day. I mean, like <laughs> I was getting Snapchats, I was getting texts, I was getting oh, oh dude, I still hear like, about it. You keep, oh like, this man. Is, it that was like the worst thing to happen in the football world. Like in, in regards to the team, if there was any team to win the Super Bowl, that was like the last thing I needed. 
Right. And like considering how many points they put up to, it wasn't like that. It wasn't that Patriots. Oh, they flexed one. Yeah. Oh, no, they flexed. It was a it was a very good showing. Um, and I just was beside myself because like you're really like think of it this way. I'm sitting there in my house, like trying to decide which literally the most important football game of the year. Do I want the Eagles to win a football game or do I want the Patriots to win a football game? Like right. where even am I right now? Like that's, that's <laughs> like it's it's two evils. Yeah. It's two evils. And I'm just like, I don't enjoy a single second of this. And then the <laughs> Eagles won. And going back to school for that semester was honestly just terrible. Like every second Nightmare. of it was awful. Um, but here we are now. Dak got paid. And chain, you know, baby. We'll take we'll we'll take things as as they come. Um, I remember like the, the, the most recent Dallas game I went to, cause you know, pandemic, they, they played the jets in New York Oh, and I went cause I was close enough. Like they, yeah, yeah. like they play Philly once a year and usually it's all like they play in Philly once a year and it's usually really cold. So I like try to go, but if it's like below 30, I'm not going to enjoy myself getting yelled at and freezing at the same time. Right. So like they were playing, you know, in they're playing in East Rutherford. Like it was like week four, week five. Empty Jets, stadium too. So it was probably great. No, 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 no. It was <laughs> packed. It was packed. <laughs> and like, Love that. like the, 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 the Jets had yet to win a game. That's, and, and I was like, okay, I'm, I brought, I took some <laughs> of my boys with me. I was, I drove all the way up and I was like, hey, Philly to like North Jersey is like only like an hour and a half one way. So okay. like, that's fine. Dallas is like way further than that. So yeah. I'll take it. And we lost, right? We lost to the winless Jets. It was embarrassing. And I remember being at my girlfriend's house watching that game, dude. It was so sad. And I just remembered the just like that drive home. Like there's nothing like driving down the New Jersey turn like <laughs> after the Cowboys lose because it's just a straight shot. So it's just you and your thoughts. Oh. You know what I mean? And and that was a game where like I think was his name Maher or like our old kicker? Brett Maher, yeah. Yeah, like he kicked the longest field goal in franchise history. It was like right before halftime. Yeah, like, and I was like, man, this is great. This is going to go great. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, there's some momentum. Some look, nope. look forward to. Nope, we lost. We lost like on the last possession of the game. So yeah. like there, it wasn't even a chance for me to like beat the traffic on the way out. It was no, just. you had to stay. Just had to stay. Um, and. Uh, one day it'll happen, but like I, that's why I'm so into esports now. Like you know, what I'm saying like there's just so much more to enjoy. If <laughs> so I so much more my, happiness. <laughs> if I just put my interests somewhere else, you know what I mean. <laughs> but I'll never switch up. That's, that's the that's the thing. I'll never switch yeah. up. But no, I never will. I'll ne- I'll definitely shift the emotional weight they have on me. That's for yeah, sure. No, that's what I did. Like this past season, and obviously this is before Dak's injury. But this was the first season where I kind of went in and I was like, I'm not going to expect to win. I'm just yeah. not going to expect to win. And every week up to the DAC injury, I was like, dude, it's so much easier watching these games when you don't expect a win. Because if a loss happens, cool. I was expecting that. If a win happens, great. I wasn't expecting that to happen. And <laughs> now I feel good. Like, there's there's no way of of really losing if if you don't expect anything great to happen right absolutely um so getting into the real the looming event tomorrow best time of the year march madness 
we were we were deprived of March Madness, obviously for safety reasons last year. Yeah. Um, and I don't think even outside of understanding that the NBA made a bubble because they had enough like resources to make a bubble, I don't think there was any way we would have figured it out last year because it just it started right before March. It was Madness so new at the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. We had no idea what was going on. You know what I mean? Um so March Madness this year ha- has such a momentous occasion. Drexel made it. And yes, they did. And yes, I just couldn't did. believe it because my freshman year, I worked for the team. They were the worst team in Division One basketball, <laughs> like right before their conference tournament started. Like they had literally the lowest winning percentage in D1. They were like three and 22 or something like that. Oh, my God. So of all qualified teams, they were the worst. Um, and now they're in the tournament and the women made it too. Which is like sensational because the You're women de- the women deserve that to make it because they they've I think I'm I'm not I don't think I'm wrong here. The women went to the conference championship game the last three years in a row, but this is the first oh. year that they won. So like Boy, shout out to them. Crazy. Yeah. Shout out to them getting the tournament bid, man. That's huge. I love that so it much. Was, it was crazy. Cause like they one year they were like, I think one year they won 30 games. Like our the women's team won 30 games and they <laughs> lost in the conference championship. And it was just so sad because they were elite. <laughs> they like beat Syracuse that year, like early on. And we knew it was special. You know what I'm saying? Oh, without a doubt. They they made it this year, and I'm I was so happy to, to see that they both made it. But I was like, the women deserve this so much because they've been such a good team like every year that I've gone there. Um, but Drexel got put up against Illinois, and I well, well of all the one seeds, that's like yeah. the second worst. I was just thinking, like, to okay, be against, like. But- it's you so want the Michigan here. matchup, right? Yes, like, exactly. Right. Because I, I remember very, very, it, it was burned into my brain. I didn't watch, but so much college basketball. I was, I was just trying to watch for players that I knew. So like I watched some Oklahoma state, I watched some Gonzaga, but I definitely remember when Michigan played Illinois at Michigan. So this was a home game for Michigan and Illinois made them look really bad. Like yeah. really, really, really bad. Michigan's probably one of the best coach teams in the country. Yeah, and Illinois made them look like uh like a, a other five conference, like a JV team. Yeah, it was really bad. And I yeah. from that moment on, I was like, oh, Illinois is for real. Um, yeah. so unfortunately, we got them. And of course. like, I mean, hey, that money line looks sensational, but hey. my my, my hey op- now my optimism doesn't hey now. <laughs> <laughs> so it is what it is. Um, so. I wanted you to talk about like that year that UMBC beat Virginia, like that, that was the proudest moment in Baltimore County history. Um, And I rep Baltimore County more than I rep anything else. Uh, (laughs) So from your perspective, how was that? Like, how was that moment for you? Oh man. I mean, like I said, at the time I wasn't working for UMBC, which sucks. Because if I was, I would have been at the game, most likely. Um, but, man, it was like... Dude, it was it was like the craziest. I remember the week going into it, you know, we were so stoked because we had gotten in the tournament on a buzzer beater from Jarius, um, who 
was playing overseas. I don't know what he's up to now. I talked to him recently, uh, well, over the summer. Um, and you know he's he's doing well. He's I, th- I think he's at home, like back in Silver Spring. So, um, you know, he's just he was going crazy, and we got our bid. We beat Vermont, which is like our big rival, because we usually were like the two most competitive teams in that conference over the last like three, four years. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we got the bid and we get the draw and we're like, Oh my God, Virginia, you know, the, the, the tournaments overall number one, yeah. so this isn't just, just a one seed. Like this is like the one seed. Um, and we were like, man, like this is, you know, it's great. Now we're going to the tournament. This is cool. This is really awesome. But, Really? Like Virginia? We really gotta do this. Um so then we we're like, you know, it is what it is. See like haven't been since I don't know, it was probably like oh four or something. I don't know. Crazy, crazy amount of time. And we we're like, you know what? We're just gonna try and make the most of it. We're gonna have a lot of fun. So I remember watching it with my dad. Um and my dad and my mom are both UMBC grads. Um so we were watching it just my dad and I were watching it and you know the end of the first half I looked at him and I was like that was a good half of basketball <laughs> we were like we, we didn't want to like we did like the the famous sports thing where you don't want to say anything but you want to like you know you think about it so we were we were we looked at each other and we were like yeah, that was a pretty good half of basketball. Yeah, 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 good, good, good. And then we just stopped talking. Like, we just didn't say anything else for the rest of the halftime. Because we were like, you know, that was good. That was fun. Second half, here we go. Um, second half comes around, and it just it just doesn't stop. Like, we are considerably beating them up and down the court. Yeah. It is... Like it is becoming like a it is becoming something serious at that point. And we're like, uh like I look at my dad when we're up I don't know, we're up like t- ten at one point. And I look at my dad and I'm like, nah, 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 don't don't worry about it. Like uh, the entire game I was like, Virginia will come back. Virginia will come back. Cause like I said, with the Cowboys thing. I am a trained professional at not wanting to get myself upset. Mm. So I don't expect much when things of this stature happen because I don't want to get let down. So I didn't even entertain the possibility of something happening. And, you know, it starts to actually happen. And I'm like, uh. Oh my gosh and i just don't have words and i'm just watching it and i'm celebrating i mean i'm celebrating like i'm part of the pinch mob so i'm going nuts i'm running through my house and then you know there's there's that moment at the end of basketball games where the losing team kind of has that like desperation where it's like you know i've been a part of it on both ends plenty of times where it's like you start shooting the shots that you need to take because you need to get back in the game and you start, you know, it becomes a little bit more ego driven because it's like the guys are like, no, I think I'm going to shoot it. So they take the ball out, you know, they get the ball and they just go shoot. And then if they miss, um, you know, usually they're all trying to pepper um, 
the the person that has the ball because they want to hurry up, get the ball, and then get a quick shot and, you know, set up in their press break or whatever. And, you know, UMBC, you know, Virginia made a basket and we had a couple people leak down. It was Jordan Grant who went to Spalding. Shout out to Jordan. And then Arkell. And um, they were both leaking down and it took two outlet passes. And, and, and Arkell had a huge dunk. And I just remember that so vividly. And I just like, I shot up and I was like, oh my God, that was like the first thing I said out. You know, the first thing I said, I was like, it's happening. But outside of the words, like, oh my God, it's happening was like the first thing I said. And I was just, I like, you know, we ended up 20 piecing them. So not only did they win, it was, it was a healthy win. It was a it was a 20 piece like it was it was the win of wins um you know and then long story short i end up going to the next game the kansas state umbc game and down in charlotte um you know it was just showing up to charlotte with my umbc gear on you know people are offering to buy my shirt off of me um people are for some reason they're taking photos with me and mm. with two of my <laughs> friends, like my friend Antonio, my uh, my best friend Antonio, my best friend at home, um, we're just walking through the venue because you know we're this is it's where the Charlotte Hornets play, yeah. And we're like, we haven't ever been here before, so we need to go find our seats. And all, like we show up to the game with like we were supposed to catch the entire second half of the Chapel Hill Texas A and M game. We show up with ten seconds left in the chapel hill game because people will not stop talking to us and trying to take photos with us and like people are trying to buy our shirts like i said people are trying to literally anything you could imagine just so that they could rep umbc and i'm like man like i don't i i I had no idea what to do like i the the most i got offered for my shirt i got offered 50 dollars for my shirt that i was wearing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the shirt I was wearing was a giveaway t-shirt that we had gotten, all students had gotten. And like, if I had a second shirt, yeah, I would have definitely taken that deal. But like, I needed to wear it for the game. So like, you know, we saw the game, they ended up losing. It was frustrating. But God, it was just like, it was just one of those memories that it's like, I lived it. You know, I, I'm I'm on the right side of history for one of those moments. And it's like, so cool it's just oh it's it's just so cool man i'll never forget it that's for sure never ever that's awesome like i i just remember thinking like there's no way this happens because i remember um middle tennessee or something like that beat michigan state in a prior year yes and that was a 15 and 2 right yeah that was a 15 2 Mm -hmm. but i was like man 16 1 sounds wilder than wild you know like yeah we were the first men's team to do it so people often make that mistake and it frustrates me harvard i'm pretty sure it was harvard harvard women's team yeah harvard women's was the first team to do it we were not the first team to do it harvard women's was we were the first men's team they were the first women's team they were the first team to do it we are the first men's team that's just a lot of people make that mistake and it's like no, we're not we're not taking that anymore. We're not we're not we're not taking those mistakes anymore because that knowledge is out there. At yeah. that point, if you don't know that, like you know what I mean? Like 
that's that's just that's you not wanting to know it you know mm-hmm. yeah it was it was crazy but, wild um umbc they they get they give me almost a little too much hope you know what i mean because yeah. like i'm like 16 one it can happen but i literally watched illinois embarrass michigan and Bro, i'm telling you virginia uh, was good too I don't know, man. Illinois, I think, has like, <laughs> I think Illinois is like top five in adjusted net rating or something like that because their defensive ratings like top five and their offensive ratings like top ten. Yeah, I've been like, looking a bunch into that Ken Palm stuff. Ken this Palm, year's ooh. the first year I've heard about Ken Palm, and I was like, how have I never known about this, and yeah. why am I just now learning? Me and Ken Palm and I have been getting along quite nicely recently. Retweet um, to that, man. Like, just great, great, great insight, but just off off the top of your head or if you have it in front of you what are you thinking what what are you looking at this tournament what do you what outcomes are you seeing any upsets what are you thinking yeah so <laughs> this today was actually like my my compile day is what i call it so basically i go through every team in the tournament um i look at data i look at stats and i, I just i you know ken palm i look at all the ken palm data and I write down what I think. I write down what I've seen all year because I'm a I'm a basketball enthusiast. So I watch college basketball. I watch the NBA. I watch everything. So, you know, I, I I write a lot of player tendencies. I write this. I write that. And, um, you know, not that I'm saying that I'm a bracketologist. I just love the game. I know things about the game that the casual watcher won't know, just because I was around it for so long and I love it. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I love Gonzaga. I, I, you know, the tournament often favors teams that have guard play. So, you know, if you have elite guard play, you're going to last longer in the tournament than a team that has one elite big. Um, that's, it, it's just how the tournament is. You know, we look back at past years, the, the, the tournament and its longevity, it favors teams with guards and great guards. Um, so, you know, Gonzaga is going to be a tough task because they do have good guards. They have Jalen Suggs, who I think is the best, one of the best players um, this season. Yeah. I think he should be taken top three, top five, and he's a stud. Um, you know, but they have two great bigs uh you know two good really good guards and then a center that's just a a beast so you know i love gonzaga um i love i, I mean i like baylor they have probably the best guards that are all on the same team um i like i forget their names i know there's macy oteague um but i forget mitchell. the other two mitchell yeah yeah so their guards they probably have the best guards on a roster there. They have three guards that are just lights out um, that, that are just, that are just better than so many teams. So I like Baylor. I'm not huge on Iowa. Um, sadly, I do like Illinois a lot, uh, <laughs> but uh, they're just, they're, they're a well-rounded team to, to an extent. And, and, you know, they got hot at a good time. Um, and I think that's, that's a key with the tournament is when you do a bracket or when you're just, you know, watching it, 
you know, you've got to look for the teams that that get hot at the right time. Um, Virginia Tech is a team that was playing well, but they didn't get so hot and they got hit by COVID and it was tough for them to rebound and they haven't quite rebounded. Um, so, you know, I'm not as trigger happy on Virginia Tech as a lot of people are. Um, I still think they can beat Florida, but I think I'm not so big and, you know, Virginia, I'm not so big on, not that I don't love Virginia because Virginia won the natty after we beat them and they've given UMBC so much respect. I love UVA. They're great. Um, but the whole COVID situation with them is just really hard to get behind in regards to like picking them to make an extended run. Cause I just don't, I don't know what that's like. So I can't sit here and say I'm confident in them as a team when I don't even know how many players that they're going to field. Um, so, you know, I, I know you're going to ask me. So my national championship, I have, I have two main brackets. I have Gonzaga winning them both. Okay. But my right side of the bracket, my, f- my first outcome was Illinois. Um, and then I have a second outcome where it is Ohio State. Okay. Um, I have them getting hot and, you know, doing the right things. And, um, yeah, I, I, you know, there are some surprises in there. I think UConn is solid. Um, I think Alabama is, is stacked when they can hit the threes that they take. I think USC is good, but, again, it's... It comes down to guard play, and I think that's why UConn has a lot of play. You know, I think if UConn is able to beat Maryland and then beat Bama, I think they can. You know, I think they can make a, a really deep run. And I know UConn is everybody Cinderella right now, so yeah. Try not to give try not to give them too too much because everybody's been pumping them. So, you know, I think, like I said, anybody that's filling out a bracket or if anyone's just watching, um, the teams with elite guard play will stay. And the teams that don't will will get bounced. Um, one last thing, Winthrop is going to be a fun team to watch. Mm. Winthrop has a good first round matchup. I think it's Villanova. Yeah. And then they get Purdue, most likely Purdue in the second round. Um, Winthrop could have some fun in this tournament. It's a shame because I think that they're going to have to play Illinois to some extent, assuming yeah. Drexel doesn't win. Mm. Yes. <laughs> big if, big if true. But um, no, I, th- I think that Winthrop could have some fun, you know, prior to them running into a much healthier team. Um, but yeah, I think Winthrop is going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah. That's, solid. That's what I got. That's what um, I got. So basically what I did was figure, okay, I don't necessarily think that I'm picking the best team to win. I'm picking the best bracket to win. Right. So I just did data like ESPN has 37 and a half percent of people saying Gonzaga is going to win. Yep. And that's the, so much, by the way. Yeah. Like a third, just over a third of people's brackets are on one team to win. Like that is right. an absurd number. Right. And I'm just thinking, well, if I'm trying to win, I can't be in that 37 and a half percent. Like that's it's just that, how it's, it that, is. it's that DFS mindset where it's like, yeah. I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta pick a unique lineup. Right. Um. So what I did was, I don't, nec- I don't have too many upsets that are crazy. I would say, like, okay. 
in my final in my elite eight, every single two seeds there. Every single one of them. Okay, so you have your um, Bama, you have Bama, your Iowa, Iowa, Iowa State, and Houston. They're all there. Houston's um, a tough one for me. So that's the thing. They the the thing I like about Houston is that they have, I think, the number one offensive rebound rate in the country. Yes, they rebound really, really well. But yeah. they 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 when they struggle, what do oh, I have on them? Oh, it is it is bricks. What do I have on them? Yeah, so uh Quentin Grimes is a stud. Yeah. But they're really great at rebounding, which is what we mentioned. But they've taken they they don't play great comp no. throughout the season. No, they don't. And they've taken some really bad losses. Like mm-hmm. Tulsa. Yeah. East Carolina. Not ECU. saying the schools are bad. ECU. But like they you know, a two seed in the tournament shouldn't be losing those games, man. Nah. And that's the thing, like, I feel like San Diego State is such a high leverage win if they win. Like San Diego State, if all things go through, San Diego <laughs> State is seeing West Virginia in the round of 32. And I think they can win that. And then yeah. they would play Houston. And I think, I mean, I, I'm impressed by Houston because if you can control the flow of the game by not letting the other team get the ball back, it doesn't matter how ugly it gets sometimes. Like, right. I watched Butler play UConn and that was the ugliest championship game I've ever seen in my life. And, and it was all just about rebounding. That's all it was the entire yeah. game. So I'm thinking, you know, it, I, I think Houston would put up a really good fight against Illinois, but I still think Illinois is just way too good. Um, yeah. But what I have is I have Gonzaga losing to Iowa. And the reason why Ooh. is not because I think Iowa's better. I don't right. think they're better. I'm just trying to win. You know what I mean? Oh, and, definitely. And like, if, if you ask me who's going to win, like, I, I mean, I'd be like, okay, Gonzaga's probably going to end up playing someone like, illinois or baylor or something like that but yeah. like i also think it's kind of hard for a team to be completely perfect like that hasn't happened in so long it, and there's a reason why that hasn't happened like think of all sports yeah. like think of like football there's a reason like expectations weigh a lot harder yeah than what people think it's tough and i mean jalen sucks is that dude i mean i remember stud. i remember watching him you n- remember how like Brawny's freshman season at Sierra Canyon, every single game was on ESPN. Like every single yes. Game. They knew you would watch. They knew we would. <laughs> and we did. Sierra Canyon played mini haha where Jalen Suggs went. And I remember thinking, like, oh, no one can guard this dude. Like yeah. n- no one can guard this dude. No, like it- it's crazy. Two-sport athlete, he was committed to play football, D1 too. Yeah, he was a like, a quarterback. Yeah. He was a legit quarterback. Like and, a really good one. Yeah. <laughs> in and, college. And he's still that dude. You know what I'm saying? Or not, not um, in college, in high school. Sorry. In high school, yeah, you're good. Uh, and, and I was just like, man, this dude's nasty. I honestly don't think I was that good of a team, if I'm being fair. Like, but I don't, I, I have this really bad habit where I just can't trust Kansas anymore. It just I can't cannot do it. happen. I have them losing after, I think I have them losing in the round of 32 to, or I have them losing to USC, wherever okay. that is. Yeah, yeah, that's in the round of 32. I have them losing <laughs> yeah. to Iowa in the Sweet 16. 
Okay, so um, you have him one more game than I do. Yeah, just one more though. <clears throat> um, I have Alabama because really good guard play. Um, Baylor, I have Baylor winning the entire thing. That Ooh. that's how I believe in them because they just they they can put up points. Like at the end of the day, you got to make shots, and they have all shot makers. Um, that Baylor, if if it does happen, that Baylor Illinois game will be crazy because that's why I'm hoping it does. Yeah. Like that, Illinois plays a unbelievably good defensive set. I don't remember their center's name, but he looks like he's the biggest person to ever. Kofi, Kofi Coburn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked like Michigan has a big dude like that too. That dude made that Michigan center look tiny. Yeah, like, Kofi is a on. Kofi's a d- dude. I swear, like there are some players where you watch them and it's like, oh, they're a great player, right? But Co- like, there's some players where you're like, no, that's. That's not a bad like that's that is a that dude was not he's not a human. Yeah, like he's he's a different breed. Like Zion is one of those dudes where he's just a different like you watch some of these players and you're like, no, 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 that's a different breed. Like that's not a person. That's not like they were that that's like a test tube. Like that was somebody that was like genetically modified to be an athlete or just that big like that. He he's insane. Yeah, Um, insane. It's crazy. I have Michigan losing to Colorado. Um, I'm not big on Michigan either. If they didn't, it, 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 at the very least, if they didn't lose to Colorado, I would have <clears> them lose to Alabama. Like, there's, I'm not putting them in the Final Four. I love Jawan Howard so much, but that team is not the team I like for yeah. any of this. I agree. Um, they don't have livers but, either, which is huge. Yeah, they don't. Um, but I don't, I mean, there's not too many crazy upsets. I'm just trying to get the math right. This is the first time I've ever gone, gone by math instead of me actually watching college basketball. Uh, <laughs> like <laughs> Normally I watch literally every game and I just go off of what I see and go from there to which technically that's never worked before. <laughs> the only time I right. ever won a bracket challenge was like, I was like in fifth grade. Like that's the last time I won one outright. Hey, you gotta um, do something different though. You know what I mean? So legitimately, um, I just think that if I were to say, okay, Theo, your eye test, you may love college basketball, but you and you may know basketball on like an X and O's and a efficiency number standpoint better than the average human being, but that doesn't make you win this tournament. You know what I mean? No, like you gotta be di- that and you're right. It is a it is the game of being different. It is like it's it's literally like I said, it's just like the, uh, fantasy sports where it's like you're doing a, a daily fantasy lineup for like a tournament. And it's like, I know Russell Westbrook's going to ball. But can I pay down for somebody that is unique and that could have a higher ceiling? It's like you're going for the highest of ceilings. And it's like with with that mentality, it's like you either hit and you hit everything or you miss everywhere <laughs> like yeah. there's no middle ground it's high it's high ceiling low floor right like i do like what's the point in coming in fourth you know the, what i mean there's no point like go out I, swinging i want last or first literally yes know? go out swinging you know what i mean if you're putting money in you're only in the money like at second place basically you know what i'm saying so it's yeah. like what's the point of doing normal so i have baylor playing alabama in most of the brackets I've done. And then the other ones, I actually flipped Iowa for um, 
I flipped Iowa for who was it for Virginia, even though I don't think they're going to be that good. Um, so it's it's just a weird one, but I have such faith in the South or the Midwest winning, like either Baylor, Illinois, or or Ohio State getting to the championship and winning. Like, okay. I feel like that. I feel like that section of the bracket is way more stacked than the Gonzaga, Michigan, Kansas side of the bracket. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. The what? What's the top right? Is it the South? Yeah, well, I'm I'm doing this on an app, so I have no idea. Top right, I forget what the. the I think that's the. I think that's the the south. I think. Let's see. Let's look it up. Yeah, yeah, it's the south. It's the south. Okay. The south is so hard. Yeah. The south is very, very hard to to pick where you want to go, because like, there's just a lot of tricky games in there. Like, there's there's games like, uh. Uh, Florida Virginia Tech. There's games like um, Texas Tech Utah State, or you know, like I said, Winthrop, and then you have w- North Carolina and Wisconsin, which is one going to yeah. be one of the weirdest games ever, like the weirdest because both teams aren't great. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like stuff. There's so there's there's so many ones where I'm like, and eh, this could be good, close, bad, not good, not good at all. Right. And, and it's all in the South. Like the ones where I had the most questions of like, which one of these teams becomes a like a like a championship team? Like it really stemmed from do I really like oh, do I do I really believe in the Big Ten making these other teams like Ken Palm rating? adjusted net efficiency for competition whatever like all those numbers the big 10 yeah. has like 10 teams in here yeah so the I'm big like, 10 is the most represented um conference right yeah they have like nine or ten teams in and yeah, i'm like nuts. and i'm like does that mean they're all good or do they all just boost themselves in right so, so like the acc the acc stinks now Right. So it's like, are these ACT, ACC teams? We can't look at them the same way because Chapel right. Hill isn't a 20-win team. You know, Duke isn't a 20-win team. Florida State, as good as they are, like they were beating up on a bad ACC this year. Yeah, like North Carolina looks like food. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, Literally. It's crazy. All they and do then, is rebound. All they yeah. do is rebound. That's all they that, got. The second I saw that potential either Georgetown-Florida State or that Colorado-Florida State matchup, I was like, oh, <laughs> easy. Yep. Easy. You know what I mean? And that's even if the the feisty UNC Greensboro Spartans don't get to them hey first. No. You know what I'm saying? Hey, no. <laughs> it's a 13 seed, right? Yeah. They're, yeah, yeah, they're a 13, yeah. Come on, now. Yes, sir. But it should be fun. I'm really looking forward to the madness. It's, it's, there's nothing like it every single year. Yeah, there's um, nothing that compares. That's why I said it's the best time of the year because the NBA, you know, as you know, it's getting saturated. It's, it's getting to the point where it's like, yep, we know what team is going to be there. Yeah. We know what's going to happen. Same stuff every year. Like, not that it's a bad thing because, like, there are teams that, you know, we like to see win, whatever. Right. That's why March Madness is so beloved because you don't know what's going to happen. You have no freaking clue. There is, you, you, you have your silly little opinions, but they're never right. Nope. Never. And no matter how much you want them to be and how much research you do, they're not going to be right. It's just how it works. You can't predict it. You just can't do it. Crazy. 
Um, but yeah, man, I Jaxel plays at like one tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Dude, UMBC, yeah. it was a, it was the last, it was the, it was the last game. game. Yeah. Dude, it was a primetime game. So I had to, it was literally the opposite of you where it was like, dude, I had to sit around all day and I was like just running through every option in my head. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, man. Um, thanks. Thanks for coming on. This was a blast. No, dude. Thank you. I mean, honestly, it was like, it, it, dude, it just felt like a conversation. Like I said, we haven't yeah. caught up in a while. So it was like, dude, it's just, it's what we do. It's what family does. Yeah, man. Um, but when it's warm and I'm, you know, fully when we're in at this rate, get vaccinated pretty soon. Maryland's been flying. We're getting there. Good. Yeah, we're getting there. We're ooh, gol- golf trips and Woo. everything. We're 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 moving on up. You know what I mean? Yeah, it should be fun. But Ryan, thank you for joining. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, it was it was so much fun. Uh, b- best of luck to you with e- literally everything. Are you? Thank you're, gra- you man. you're graduating this year, right? I am. I'm uh I am. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in the in, in the big world here soon. So <laughs> it's kinda yeah. scary, but you know, this is uh I'm you know, this is just what, what it is. It's what yeah. it is, man. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for tuning in and thank you all for listening. This was a great time I have with Ryan. Uh Ryan, he, all his socials will be in the links, but you know what I'm saying? This is my guy. We'll thank we'll you, be you. officially uh, by the U.S. government family in due time, yes. but this is my guy. Um, no date on that. It, no date not, on that. No, 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 no. Allie listens, so I mean, I have, <laughs> I have a date in my head, but she can't know it yet because I've been. Oh, doing of course this. not. I've, I've been, I've been like, sh- like I've been actually shrinking the expected time. Uh, like when oh, I was no. younger, like a year, like two years ago, it was going to be like way out there. Like it was, it was going to be for a while. Cause I was like, I'm going to get my paper up so we can like go crazy with it. Right. That I, just thought, that I thought about, I was like, why not just do it now? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it, it'll be in due time. It won't be that. Nah, it, won't for be, sure. like, it won't be too far. You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah, definitely. It, definitely. Definitely. You'll know. Everyone will know. You know cool. Yeah. Yeah, of course. No, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Yes, sir. But yeah, man, hope you have a a good evening, good rest of your time. I'll be catching up with you, no doubt about it. Of course, yeah, I'll definitely see you soon. And and stay healthy, stay optimistic, and, you know, keep doing you, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, This has been another another fantastic episode. Uh, Please stay safe, wear your mask if you need to, catch up some sleep, stay hydrated, you know what I'm saying? Um, Get that vitamin C. Absolutely. And hopefully Drexel does something absurd tomorrow for the benefit of, for the benefit of myself, but not to the benefit <laughs> of my bracket in the slightest. It does not matter. Right. <laughs> but thank you for tuning in. Hope you all have a safe evening, afternoon, day, whatever. And I'll catch you all next time.